But in the East, I would say my two winners, probably, not probably, definitely, the Heat and Chicago. I think the two of them, the Heat a lot more so than Chicago. Chicago made a big splash with the Vucevic trade, and then a, you know, a little mini splash with the Tice, Tice deal. Um, but I think the Heat really, really did their thing. And I think, I think everybody expected the Heat to make that splash for Kyle Lowry, and they didn't. The Kyle Lowry trade would have, you know, had them give up Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero or Kendrick Nunn, one of these young guys. The fact that they were able to get Oladipo for, they, pennies. for pennies, it's... I want to take a moment, just... Round of applause for Pat Riley. He does it over and over and over again. I don't want to hear... See, when you talk about Danny Ainge, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear all Pat Riley praise. All Pat Riley praise. All flowers to Pat Riley. What do you think... Where and, do you... I, and also, before we move on, don't forget, too, Pat Riley's work started before the trade deadline, too. Even bringing in a guy like Trevor Ariza, too. Yeah. Like, a... a, a a standout vet, very respected vet who, you know, in limited minutes, he can still have an impact. And also, even in bring, even bringing in Bialica, who is who is better than Kelly Olynyk. Yeah. The guy you got rid of for Oladipo. So now so now you take out Kelly Olynyk and you're going to have this rotation at the 4, which is going to be Jimmy Butler, it's going to be it's going to be Bialica when he mm-hmm. goes over there, mm-hmm. Iggy, Ariza. Tre- Trevor Ariza. That's five guys who are going to the other, the other four are going to flex 3-4 the whole time. They don't need Olenek. Olenek. I know Olenek was really good for them, and he was starting for them and everything. But, Had his moments, yeah. But you don't need that. Mm-hmm. If you're as deep as they are, they have become arguably the you know one of, one of the deepest teams in the East, if not the deepest team in the East. I, I would say they're the deepest now. Yeah. Honestly, I think they rivaled that Raptors team a couple years ago that won the finals. And... And moving on to the Bulls too, I mean. Well, let's let's stay on the Heat though, real quick. I, I want I do want to ask you. Now that they've made these moves, do you think that this takes them back to a place where they are the reigning champs of the East? Do you think this takes them back to a place where it's win the East or bust for them? That's a good question. I. I wouldn't say it's win the Easter bust. But now with the moves that you made, Jimmy Butler's another year older. You have to make some noise in the East. You have to prove that it's you're in that upper echelon. You have to prove that honestly, you have to prove that you're still better than Milwaukee. You have to prove that. Cuz you know their defensive intensity is going to be on 10 probably Maybe other than the Sixers, the mm-hmm. highest in the East come playoff time. Mm-hmm. The question is on offense, and I actually think keeping Goran Dragic was a Massive. great move for them, Massive. and not exchanging it for Lowry because while Lowry is an amazing facilitator and he's also a really clutch jump shooter and all that, I think Dragic's ability to just get to the rim and score at will, create his own shot, um, run an offense for himself when he's out there. That's something that nobody else on the Heat can do. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Jimmy has to play within the offense. 
Tyler Hero even has to play within the offense. Part of Tyler Hero's success has been because the offense is what it is. Mm-hmm. Drogic is the one outlier on that team where if that offense is not clicking, give the ball to him. He can get to the line. He can get a layup. He can take a jump shot. Create he plays can, for other people. He can handle it. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they kept that one guy that can do all of that, and then obviously their offense, when it's clicking, is one of my favorite offenses to watch in the league. I just think that come playoff time, who's to say, like, what did they lose from last year as opposed to what they gained, mm-hmm. you know, to uh, for for this year? So I think they they are not going to be a favorite because they're, they're too far out of the top three in terms of record mm-hmm. to be a favorite. They're going to end up being a four or five seed. They're going to have to face Brooklyn or Philly or Milwaukee in the second round. Yeah. But... I wouldn't want to play them if I'm one of those teams. No, no. As a as as a as a true Sixers fan, I would not want to see the Miami Heat. But I will say my expectations for the Heat are Eastern Conference Finals at a bare minimum. Because guess what? The, on paper, they're better than they were last year, and they came out of the East. I'm sorry, you can't let the Bucks. Like I said earlier, you cannot let the Bucks leapfrog you. You can't let the Sixers leapfrog you. And honestly, no no team in the world should be ashamed of losing to the Brooklyn Nets. That's the only excuse I'd give them. Who's going to be able to score on them? Because now you've added Oladipo as a wing defender. You're telling me with Kendrick, when Kendrick Nunn, Oladipo, Jimmy Butler. Even put Iggy or Ariza the, in there. Bielitsa or Iggy and Bam. Bam are on the floor. Who's going to score on them? I mean, I, I, I understand that we have... Kyrie and Harden in a backcourt for for the Nets and KD, but you know against a lineup like that, I don't think it's a given against anybody. Mm. This is if Oladipo is what we think he is, and is you know where where he needs to be. Jimmy Butler is thirty one years old right now. He'll be thirty two by the time the next season starts. You can't waste you can't waste any years with him. You ready to talk bulls? I'm always ready to talk bulls. What's up? What's up with it? I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you start off with it. That's look. My, my man Suave been ten toes down with the bulls since since I've known him since way back in 2010. Yeah. So I I mean I became a bulls fan just for some context. I became a bulls fan. I, I was a New Jersey Nets fan for the longest. They were my my team. And when they moved to Brooklyn, I just uh, I don't know. I couldn't ride anymore. It was like the only Jersey pride I had. And I would remember specifically watching the NCAA tournament with Memphis and watching uh, watching Derrick Rose that year. Fast forward 10, 11 years, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of bad decisions by the front office. I'm sitting here as a Bulls fan, like, what am I even doing here? You know, like, Zach Levine's on the team, but we're not building anything around him. I'm guessing that we're going to trade him and just start a rebuild, but we're not doing that. We're, it seemed like we're going to pay him and just keep mediocre players around him. I was going to do the same thing. I'm a USC guy. I was just, I, I literally told Brandon a, like a week ago, I was like, hey, wherever Evan Mobley goes, I'm going to be a fan of that team. Fast forward a week. I, it's the night before the trade deadline, and I see a Bulls insider tweet. Looks like the Bulls are going to go all in for DeRozan tomorrow. (laughs) I looked at that tweet 
And I was like, oh, hell no. I ain't, I ain't messing with this team for five more minutes. I went to bed that night saying I wasn't a Bulls fan anymore. Fast forward 12 hours. We get Vucevic. We back in business, baby. I'm here to stay. I'm here to stay. Honestly, that was a move that no one, no one saw come. I don't even think Vegas had odds on that. That's 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 how far it left. I mean, Vucevic was barely on the block, barely. There were there were talks, but like no one really thought that the Magic they were saying like this. They were saying minimum three firsts to Mm -hmm. get Vucevic, Mm -hmm. and I don't think we got him for a steal. I think we got him for his fair market value. Mm I don't think any other team in the NBA was going to pay more for Vucevic. But I'll put it like this. I don't think this move makes us contenders by any means. I think it makes us a lot more fun. Because right now, we're kind of fun. Zach makes things fun. But there's just this impending dread with every game when we get to within five points. We're either five up or five down. We're going to find a way to lose. It always happens because you can't put 48 minutes on one guy's shoulders. You mm-hmm. just can't do it in the NBA. It's going to fall apart at some point. And it always has. Especially a guy that's not named LeBron James or someone of that nature, yeah. that stature. You it, can't do it. Exactly. And because of that, I was like, I was on Team Trade Zach. Because I was just like, hey, we can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. We can't keep accidentally winning games and accidentally losing games we have to have some intention with what we're doing and i think this vucevic move makes us a firm playoff team in the east for the next three four years i think the lonzo move if it had come through and i was hoping it would would have made us a dark horse to really upset one of the big three not make it Mm -hmm. to the finals by any means but potentially upset in the second round and Mm -hmm. make a run absolutely i don't think we're there right now but I do think that we have the makings of a team that can make noise for the next four to five years. And with the right coaching, I like what Billy Donovan's been doing. Mm-hmm. With the right coaching, if Patrick Williams can come through as like a solid player, if Kobe White can just embrace his role as a scoring guard and not a distributor, and we need to find a point guard to do that, I think this team definitely has the makings of a really, really solid playoff team. For, for years to come. Vucevic is that good. He's a stud. And I'm really, really happy that he's getting his due and people are seeing that now. But he's been a stud in Orlando for five, six years now. And don't forget, Orlando made the playoffs last year. They, they took a game pretty, off the Bucks. Pretty, like, much, pretty much on the back. On the back Vucevic, of Nikola Vucevic. Uh, let's just not forget, too. Vucevic putting up almost 25 a game, 12 boards. This dude is no slouch. I mean, he, he's been doing this for so long. It's just that his game is not sexy. It's not attractive by any means. It doesn't, you know, you're not tuning in and say, oh, let me see what Vucevic is doing tonight. But when it comes down to it, that boy is putting up, I, mean, I shouldn't even call him a boy. That, that man is putting up numbers. That's that, a grown man. He, he produces at a high clip, and he's been doing it for so long. And he also don't, don't sleep on his three-point shooting ability. He's, he's shooting about 40% from three, too. He's Let's behind. That. He's only behind Jokic and Embiid in three-point efficiency as a center. Which is ridiculous. Absolutely absurd. His pick-and-pop game with Le- Levine and him are going to... I think part of the reason why Bulls Nation is so excited about this, 
Levine and him are going to go together like PB and J. I heard uh, Levine said in the presser the other day that as soon as he found out that they got Vucevic, he screamed in his house and he started texting him and they were texting all day. That's beautiful. They, they've been, I think they've been wanted to play with each other mm-hmm. because their games complement each other so well. On the defensive end, I was thinking before we made the Tice deal, I was like, we're going we're gonna to be in a liability situation on defense because Markinen has showed that he's not able to defend properly, rim protect properly, and Vucevic has been a defensive liability when it comes to being around the rim, and that's what's prevented him from stepping into that Embiid Jokic territory. But I think us getting Tice, and if we can add one more rim protector in the offseason, that'll take care of that. Patrick Williams, unfortunately, is just a little undersized. He can't be expected to do that. And honestly, I, I love what this new what this new Bulls front office has done. They they cleared house out of every poor decision that your old management has made. Getting honestly, I I I, I texted Severe the uh, first things after they traded Otto Porter. I said, "Congrats on getting rid of Otto Porter because first off, that contract was absolutely abysmal. Getting paid twenty plus million a year uh, to to produce to produce at a, at a role players level." Getting him off the books, you trade Wendell Carter, who always showed some promise. I, I, I was proven wrong because I thought he was going to be a much better player, much produ- more productive player in the NBA. We all did. He just he just hasn't panned out. Got rid of both of them. And, I mean, Luke Cornett, whatever. Daniel no, he Gaffer, wasn't playing. Whatever. He wasn't playing. Like, the, like Chandler these, Hutchinson wasn't playing. Yes, you got rid of Lily every single other piece of, of the of the previous management who they were all in on. Tried to get rid of Markkinen, too, but yeah. unfortunately just couldn't find the right partner. And, and I don't mind keeping Markkinen for now. I think I think Markkinen deserves another shot to show what he's got because before Kobe got there, before Wendell got there, Markkinen actually had a really good season his rookie year. He did. And... He's because he was coveted, almost so many, untouchable at one point. Yeah, so many uh, front offices around the league have been in touch with us about acquiring Markkinen. He's certainly a valuable player to have, um, and I, I, I'm happy that we're going to give him another shot. I would have liked Lonzo over him. I think Lonzo fits in a little better with us, you know, because he fill, fills that gaping hole at point guard for us. I mean, right now it's Sadoransky has to run the show over there, mm-hmm. um, and that's not good enough, but. I think that Markkanen can really show what he's got. And, you know, if we don't want to keep him this summer, we can always trade him. And I think his value only goes up from here because the space has been cleared. He doesn't have to share minutes with Wendell Carter anymore. He can actually, like, take that stretch four role and run with it from now. And we'll even see him in the playoffs and how he plays in the playoffs, which is a totally different game. So, Mm -hmm. overall, it was an exciting, exciting two hours to be a Bulls fan. And it regained that spark that I felt like I hadn't had for, you know, good f- since really since Jimmy since Jimmy left the team or since we traded Jimmy out. Mm-hmm. And don't get it twisted. This was a move for Chicago. Like Chicago pushed all of his chips in and saying, "Hey, we're going to compete. We're going to see what we got, and we're just going to go all in for it." Because yeah. you know what? Honestly, in the NBA, you can only you can only be in limbo for so long before you have to pick a direction now now teams have to actually wake up to play us absolutely before they didn't Mm -hmm. and if you look at this team the chicago bulls team now the only downside to the vucevic trade was that you don't have cap space this summer that was the only downfall but at, at this with this week free agency class coming up i mean you're not getting Kawhi leonard if he opts out you're not you're not getting him and 
that was that was that was a big gripe with the Knicks. It's like yes, the Knicks like you keep your fl- your flexibility for going into this year, but like this the direction that was set forth means so much more than hoping for a free agent to fall off the sky. Yeah, because who who's gonna come and save you? Definitely. They took they took control of their own future right here. I love it. Honestly, I, I A plus hunted. I'm I'm all behind the move that they made. Should we uh, move to the West? <sighs> A lot happened in the West, man. Honestly, shout shouts out to Dallas to the Dallas Mavericks just trying to stay relevant. JJ Reddick going over that. That was the most. I mean, it. Was, I mean, I guess it was a great move. They needed shooting, but so so irrelevant. This is not move the needle by any means. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Reddick helps helps Dallas continue their push. Dallas was on a good trend going into the deadline, anyways, and they're just gonna keep getting better. Luca is finally back in shape. Not much more you can say about them. I think. I, I think. Uh, they're going to eventually have to come to that decision with Przingis because they're paying him so much money, and I don't know if he's a number two. Um, I don't think so, like yeah, at all. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know if he is. At least from what I've seen from him this year, I really don't think he is. He's, he can be the second best player on a championship team. He doesn't even play crunch time for them. No. Luka, Luka is. He's the 1A. He, he's good enough to lead a team, and honestly, Porzingis needs to hold up his end of the deal. And yeah. he's, he's sadly not. But I think I think Reddick adds that piece of shooting that they need to be able to upset a team in the playoffs. Last year they they were on trend to potentially upset the Clippers. They weren't able to because they couldn't shoot the ball when it mattered. Um, I think this adds a little bit of help for them. And Tim Hardaway Jr. has become a better shooter this year as well. And I think moving forward, the West is so stacked that you know the seeds are just going to fall where they fall. You know that it, it uh, outside of the Jazz that have built up such a big lead and also kind of have a soft schedule going forward. I think they're pretty much going to lock up the one seed. Beyond them, two through seven, it's a toss up. Especially Lakers are on free fall. The Clippers, you don't know what's happening every night with them. The, the Blazers, I mean, we'll get to them, but the Blazers are seemingly they can win any game, and they don't seem to lose much anymore. The Nuggets are surging, and the Mavs are on a on a positive trend too. So, I I think the Mavs just solidified their uh, their position as a potential upset party in the playoffs. And sticking with the Portland Trail Blazers, I mean, this was probably the most under the radar move. But honestly, when you talk about a perfect addition, the perfect move to make. Norman Powell was that guy to get. He he has been a nothing short of a model of consistency on the offensive end, provided major sparks. Honestly, the Raptors don't win a ring without Norman Powell. Tried and true, first and foremost. Dame Dame should be Dame should be Dame should be pre- preaching right now. He should be praising what the Portland Trailblazers front office did to get a guy like Norman Powell. Norman Powell, great on both ends of the floor, adds another piece of depth. I mean, Portland they. They got some players now. Don't sleep on them. All right. They adding adding Mello last year. Adding Roko this offseason. Nurkic is just coming back. He just came back. McCollum looks like he's back where he needs to be at twenty one in the first quarter yesterday. Which is then when when Dame and McCollum are both on, 
they're already tough to beat. And yeah. now you're adding a bunch of other guys. That... This is a team that made the conference finals two years ago. People mm-hmm. forget. And I know the West is loaded, but it's just these tier of teams that can beat up on each other at any given time. I include the Suns and the Jazz in that. Mm-hmm. I think a fully loaded Lakers still is a tier up on everyone else. But I think Portland is firmly, firmly in that we can beat anyone, anywhere, anytime. And that includes the Lakers. I'm not going to lie. If I had to bet on a seven-game series on the Portland Trailblazers against either the Phoenix Suns or the Utah Jazz, I'm not betting against the Trailblazers. Yeah. I mean, they have, in in either series, they have the best player on the floor in Dame. Mm Mm-hmm. And now the pieces that they have around him, I feel like, yes, I think Gary Trent, losing Gary Trent Jr. hurts. But with what you got in return with, uh, with Norman Powell being able to kind of switch out with Melo for minutes now, and Melo's getting older, and we've seen like when, he, when his usage rate gets a little too high these days, it gets inefficient and the ball kind of stops. Mm-hmm. Norman Powell is a perfect system player. Never passes up an open shot. Great, never, defen- great never, defender. Great defender. He's top ten in the league in three point percentage. Yeah, he and that's because of his shots, his shot choices. He always passes up shots where he's covered to the open guy. He makes the right pass every time. But if he gets the ball and he has a little bit of space, he's going to take that shot and he's going to make it more times than not. So also, I think he was a great addition. Also, twenty only 27 years old at the very beginning of his prime, having yeah. the best year of his career, and that's, and that's proved itself. I remember seeing a stat. I believe only two players are ahead of him in terms of three-point efficiency in the last several years. I think I believe it was Joe Harris, and I and I don't I don't want to get this wrong, but I believe it was KD or something, some uh, a player of that stature. It was uh, it was Joe Harris and Joe Ingles. Joe Harris and Joe Ingles. Oh, geez, maybe not. Maybe, <laughs> not, <laughs> maybe not KD. But I was trying to I was trying to oversell it. But this dude, this dude is legit. This dude, like this, do do not sleep on this move. But one team that I do want to talk about. Honestly, give give the city of Houston a moment of silence real quick. <laughs> At the beginning of this year, you got James Harden and Russell Westbrook thinking you you know possibly hey, you can make another run in the West. Who's who's to stop you? Who's going to stop you? And even when you switch out Westbrook for Wall, you still are thinking you can make a run. Still think you make a run. Christian Wood is ascending, you know, he's balling out. When it's all said and done, you are left with Kelly Olenek, Avery Bradley, and a whole lot of pick swaps. And you lost PJ Tucker. And I think the toughest thing about all of that, the most slept on part, they, instead of Oladipo and Olenek, they could have had Levert and Jared Allen. And Jared, both. Both of them. They could. They Cleveland walked into that trade, Cleveland, and Cleveland Cle- just walked in. Like, oh, oh, let me let me get that dude right there. And just and just swipe Jared Allen. I think that Cleveland. was the biggest steal of the entire NBA season. Was Cleveland somehow finding their way into the Brooklyn Houston deal and securing one of the best young centers in the league? 
Jared Allen is about to get $100 million from the Cavs. He was a throwaway. A, worth a second rounder. His agent. Shout out don't want to party. Agent. And honestly, yo, shout out to the Cavs front office because this is the second year in a row they've done this. Don't forget, Andre Drummond did not go for a first round pick. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 a first round pick was never involved in the talks for him. They... Honestly, shouts out to what they've done in the past couple of years. I know it's still Cleveland, and honestly, no one can probably bring a title to that to there besides that that kid from Akron. But good for them. Shouts but I, I will say, I love Jared Allen. But after we saw what happened with Andre Drummond, a center who plays very similar to Jared Allen, what are the odds that in two to three years from now, we're talking about where's Jared Allen going to go on a buyout? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, look. Jared Allen is is great on the defensive side of the floor. You know he's he he can be one of those. I'm not going to say anchor because I think that's a slightly higher than his potential. But I think he can be, you know, a perennial piece on the defensive side of the floor. He, he needs to his, improve his post game a little bit for him to be I mean, an anchor. And improve. I think he needs a post game first and foremost. Yeah. Uh, I I think he's a very one dimensional player. At the end of the day, I mean great at what he does you know put i mean advanced analytics you know obviously the, the the back end nerds love him but he he's gonna he's definitely gonna have to show me a little bit more before i say he's worth a hundred million dollars that, that that's just me that's just me